Chapter 4, verses 21 through 41 of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 21 through 25. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he saith unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Persostum. After the question of the disciples concerning the parable and its explanation, he well subjoins, and he said unto them, Is a candle brought, etc.? As if he said, A parable is given, not that it should remain obscure and hidden as if under a bed or a bushel, but that it should be manifested to those who are worthy. The candle within us is that of our intellectual nature, and it shines either clearly or obscurely, according to the proportion of our illumination. For if meditations which feed the light, and the recollection with which such a light is kindled, are neglected, it is presently extinguished. Pseudo-Jerome, or else the candle is the discourse concerning the three sorts of seed. The bushel or the bed is the hearing of the disobedient. The apostles are the candlestick, whom the word of the Lord hath enlightened. Wherefore it goes on, for there is nothing hidden, etc. The hidden and secret thing is the parable of the seed, which comes forth to light, when it is spoken of by the Lord. Theophylact, or else the Lord warns his disciples to be the light, in their life and conversation, as if he said, As a candle is put, so as to give light, so will all look to your life. Therefore be diligent to lead a good life, Sit not in corners, but be ye a candle, for a candle gives light, not when placed under a bed, but on a candlestick. This light indeed must be placed on a candlestick, that is, on the eminence of a godly life, that it may be able to give light to others. Not under a bushel, that is, in things pertaining to the palate, nor under a bed, that is, in idleness. For no one who seeks after the delights of his palate and love's rest can be a light shining over all. Bede, or because the time of our life is contained under a certain measurement of divine providence, it is rightly compared to a bushel. But the bed of the soul is the body, in which it dwells and reposes for a time. He therefore who hides the word of God under the love of this transitory life and of carnal allurements covers his candle with a bushel or a bed, but he puts his light on a candlestick who employs his body in the ministry of the word of God. Therefore, under these words, he typically teaches them a figure of preaching. Wherefore it goes on, for there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed, nor is there anything made secret which shall not come abroad. As if he said, Be not ashamed of the gospel, but amidst the darkness of persecution raise the light of the word of God upon the candlestick of your body keeping fixedly in your mind that day when the Lord will throw light upon the hidden places of darkness. 
for then everlasting praise awaits you, and everlasting punishment your adversaries. Chrysostom, or else there is nothing hidden, as if he said, if ye conduct your life with care, accusation will not be able to obscure your light. Theophylact, for each of us, whether he have done good or evil, is brought to light in this life, much more in that which is to come. For what can be more hidden than God? Nevertheless, he himself is manifested in the flesh. It continues, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Bede, that is, if any man have a sense for understanding the word of God, let him not withdraw himself, let him not turn his ear to fables, but let him lend his ear to search those things which truth has spoken, his hands for fulfilling them, his tongue for preaching them. There follows, and he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. Theophylact, that is, that none of those things which are said to you by me should escape you. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. That is, whatsoever degree of application you bring, in that degree ye will receive profit. Bede, or else, if ye diligently endeavor to do all the good which ye can, and to teach it to your neighbors, the mercy of God will come in, to give you both in the present life a sense to take in higher things, and a will to do better things, and will add for the future an everlasting reward. And therefore it is subjoined, and to you shall more be given. Pseudo Jerome, according to the measure of his faith, the understanding of mysteries is divided to every man, and the virtues of knowledge will also be added to them. It goes on, For he that hath to him shall be given, that is, he who hath faith shall have virtue, and he who hath obedience to the word shall also have the understanding of the mystery. Again, he who, on the other hand, has not faith fails in virtue, and he who has not obedience to the word shall not have the understanding of it. And if he does not understand, he might as well not have heard. Pseudo-Chrysostom Or else he who has the desire and wish to hear and to seek, to him shall be given. But he who has not the desire of hearing divine things, even what he happens to have of the written law is taken from him. Bede for sometimes a clever reader, by neglecting his mind, deprives himself of wisdom, of which he tastes the sweetness, who, though slow in intellect, works more diligently. Chrysostom, again it may be said that he hath not, who has not truth. But our Lord says that he hath, because he has a lie. For every one whose understanding believes a lie, thinks that he has something. Verses 26 through 29. And he said, So the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Pseudochrysostom a parable occurred, a little above, about the three seeds which perished in various ways, and the one which was saved, in which last he also shows three differences, according to the proportion of faith and practice. Here, however, he puts forth a parable concerning those only who are saved, 
Wherefore it is said, and he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, etc. Pseudo-Jerome, the kingdom of God is the church, which is ruled by God, and herself rules over men, and threads down the powers which are contrary to her, and all wickedness. Pseudo-Chrysostom, or else he calls by the name of kingdom of God, faith in him, and in the economy of his incarnation, which kingdom indeed is as if a man should throw seed. For he himself being God and the Son of God, having without change been made man, has cast seed upon the earth. That is, he has enlightened the whole world by the word of divine knowledge. Pseudo Jerome, for the seed is the word of life, the ground is the human heart, and the sleep of the man means the death of the Savior. The seed springs up night and day, because after the sleep of Christ, the number of Christians, through calamity and prosperity, continued to flourish more and more in faith, and to wax greater indeed. Pseudo Chrysostom, or Christ himself, is the man who rises, for he sat waiting with patience, that they who received seed should bear fruit. He rises, that is, by the word of his love. He makes us grow to the bringing forth fruit, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand, by which is meant the day, and on the left, by which is meant the night of persecution. For by these the seed springs up, and does not wither. Theophylact, or else Christ sleeps, that is, ascends into heaven, where, though he seemed to sleep, yet he rises by night, when through temptations he raises us up to the knowledge of himself. And in the daytime, when on account of our prayers, he sets in order our salvation. Pseudo-Jerome. But when he says he knoweth not how, he is speaking in a figure, that is, he does not make known to us who amongst us will produce fruit unto the end. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Or else he says he knoweth not that he may show the free will of those who receive the word, for he commits a work to our will, and does not work the whole himself alone, lest the good should seem involuntary. For the earth brings forth fruits of its own accord, that is, she is brought to bear fruit without being compelled by necessity contrary to her will. First the blade, pseudo-Jerome, that is, fear, for the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, then the full corn in the ear, that is charity, for charity is the fulfilling of the law. Pseudo-Chrysostom, or first it produces the blade, in the law of nature, by degrees growing up to advancement, afterwards it brings forth the ears, which are to be collected into a bundle, and to be offered on an altar to the Lord, that is, in the law of Moses. Afterwards, the full fruit, in the gospel, or because we must not only put forth leaves by obedience, but also learn prudence, and like the stalk of corn, remain upright without minding the winds which blow us about. We must also take heed to our soul, by a diligent recollection, that, like the ears, we may bear fruit, that is, show forth the perfect operation of virtue. Theophylact, for we put forth the blade when we show a principle of good, then the ear when we can resist temptations, then comes the fruit when a man works something perfect. It goes on, and when it has brought forth the fruit, immediately he sendeth the sickle, 
because the harvest has come. Pseudo-Jerome, the sickle is death or the judgment, which cuts down all things. The harvest is the end of the world. Gregory, or else man casts seed into the ground, when he places a good intention in his heart, and he sleeps, when he already rests in the hope which attends on a good work, but he rises night and day, because he advances amidst prosperity and adversity, though he knows it not, for he is yet unable to measure his increase, and yet virtue, once conceived, goes on increasing. When, therefore, we conceive good desires, we put seed into the ground. When we begin to work rightly, we are the blade. When we increase to the perfection of good works, we arrive at the ear. When we are firmly fixed in the perfection of the same working, we already put forth the full corn in the ear. Verses 30 through 34. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up, and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them, and when they were alone he expounded all things to his disciples. Gloss. After having narrated the parable concerning the coming forth of the fruit from the seed of the gospel, he here subjoins another parable, to show the excellence of the doctrine of the gospel, before all other doctrines. Wherefore it is said, and he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Theophylact. More brief indeed is the word of faith. Believe in God, and thou shalt be saved. But the preaching of it has been spread far and wide over the earth, and increased so that the birds of heaven, that is, contemplative men, sublime in understanding and knowledge, dwell under it. For how many wise men among the Gentiles, quitting their wisdom, have found rest in the preaching of the gospel? Its preaching, then, is greater than all. Chrysostom and also because the wisdom spoken amongst the perfect expands, to an extent greater than all other sayings, than which was told to men in short discourses, for there is nothing greater than this truth. Theophylact, again it put forth great bows, for the apostles were divided off as the bows of the tree, some to Rome, some to India, some to other parts of the world. Pseudo-Jerome, or else that seed is very small in fear, but great when it is grown into charity, which is greater than all herbs. For God is love, whilst all flesh is grass, but the bows which put forth are those of mercy and compassion, since under its shade the poor of Christ, who are meant by the living creatures of the heavens, delight to dwell. Bede. Again, the man who sows is by many taken to mean the Savior himself, by others, man himself sowing in his own heart. Chrysostom. Then after this, Mark, who delights in brevity, to show the nature of the parables, subjoins, and with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they could hear him. Theophylact. For since the multitude was unlearned, he instructs them from objects of food and familiar names. 
For this reason he adds, but without a parable spake he not unto them, that is, in order that they might be induced to approach and to ask him. It goes on, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples, that is, all things which they were ignorant, and asked him, not simply all, whether obscure or not. Pseudodrome, for they were worthy to hear mysteries apart, in the most secret haunt of wisdom, for they were men who, removed from the crowds of evil thoughts, remained in the solitude of virtue, and wisdom is received in a time of quiet. Verses 35-41 through And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Pseudo-Jerome, after his teaching, they come from that place to the sea, and are tossed by the waves. Wherefore it is said, And the same day, when the even was come, etc. Rigmig, for the Lord is said to have had three places of refuge, namely the ship, the mountain, and the desert. As often as he was pressed upon by the multitude, he used to fly to one of these. When therefore the Lord saw many crowds about him, as a man, he wished to avoid their importunity, and ordered his disciples to go over to the other side. There follows, in sending away the multitudes, they took him, etc. Chrysostom, the Lord took the disciples, indeed, that they might be spectators of the miracle which was coming, but he took them alone, that no others might see that they were of such little faith. Wherefore to show that others went across separately, it is said, and there was also with him other ships, lest again the disciples might be proud of being alone taken. He permits them to be in danger, and besides this, in order that they might learn to bear temptations manfully. Wherefore it goes on, and there arose a great storm of wind, and that he might impress upon them a greater sense of the miracle which was to be done, he gives time for their fear by sleeping. Wherefore there follows, and he was himself in the hinder part of the ship, etc. For if he had been awake, they would either not have feared, nor have asked him to save them when the storm arose, or they would not have thought that he could do any such things. Theophylact, therefore he allowed them to fall into the fear of danger, that they might experience his power in themselves, who saw others benefited by him. But he was sleeping upon the pillow of the ship, that is, on a wooden one. Chrysostom, showing his humility, and thus teaching us many lessons of wisdom, but not yet did the disciples who remained about him know his glory. They thought indeed that if he arose, he could command the winds, 
but could by no means do so reposing or asleep. And therefore it follows, they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Theophylact, but he arising rebukes first the wind, which was raising the tempest of the sea, and causing the waves to swell, and this is expressed in what follows. And he arose and rebuked the wind. Then he commands the sea, wherefore it goes on, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Gloss, for from the troubling of the sea there arises a certain sound, which appears to be its voice threatening danger, and therefore, by a sort of metaphor, he fitly commands tranquility by a word signifying silence. Just as in the restraining of the winds, which trouble the sea with their violence, he uses a rebuke, for men who are in power are accustomed to curb those who rudely disturb the peace of mankind by threatening to punish them. By this, therefore, we are given to understand that as a king can repress violent men by threats, and by his edicts smooth the murmurs of his people, so Christ, the king of all creatures, by his threats restrained the violence of the winds and compelled the sea to be silent. And immediately the effect followed, for it continues, and the wind ceased, which had threatened, and there arose a great calm, that is, in the sea to which he had commanded silence. Theophylact, he rebuked his disciples for not having faith, for it goes on, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have not faith? For if they had had faith, they would have believed that even when sleeping, he could preserve them safe. There follows, and they feared with a great fear, and said one to another, etc. For they were in doubt about him. For since he stilled the sea, not with a rod like Moses, nor with prayers like Elisha at the Jordan, nor with the ark as Joshua, the son of Nun, on this account they thought him truly God. But since he was asleep, they thought him a man. Pseudo-Jerome. Mystically, however, the hinder part of the ship is the beginning of the church, in which the Lord sleeps in the body only, for he never sleepeth who keepeth Israel. For the ship, with its skins of dead animals, keeps in the living, and keeps out the waves, and is bound together by wood. That is, by the cross and the death of the Lord, the church is saved. The pillow is the body of the Lord, on which his divinity, which is his head, has come down. But the wind and the sea are devils and persecutors, to whom he says peace, when he restrains the edicts of impious kings, as he will. The great calm is the peace of the church after oppression, or a contemplative after an active life. Bede, or else the ship into which he embarked is taken to mean the tree of his passion, by which the faithful attain to the security of the safe shore. The other ships which are said to have been with the Lord signify those who are imbued with faith in the cross of Christ, and are not beaten about by the whirlwind of tribulation, or who, after the storms of temptation, are enjoying the serenity of peace. And whilst his disciples are sailing on, Christ is asleep, because the time of our Lord's passion came on his faithful ones when they were meditating on the rest of his future reign. Wherefore it is related that it took place late, and not only the sleep of our Lord, but the hour itself of departing light, might signify the setting of the true sun. 
again when he ascended the cross of which the stern of the ship was a type his blaspheming persecutors rose like the waves against him driven on by the storms of the devils by which however his own patience is not disturbed but his foolish disciples are struck with amazement the disciples awake the lord because they sought with most earnest wishes the resurrection of him whom they had seen die rising up he threatened the wind because when he had triumphed in his resurrection he prostrated the pride of the devil he ordered the sea to be still that is in rising again he cast down the rage of the jews the disciples are blamed because after his resurrection he chided them for their unbelief and we also when being marked with the sign of the lord's cross we determine to quit the world embark in the ship with christ we attempt to cross the sea but he goes to sleep as we are sailing amidst the roaring of the waves when amidst the strivings of our virtues or amidst the attacks of evil spirits of wicked men or of our own thoughts the flame of our love grows cold amongst storms of this sort let us diligently strive to awake him he will soon restrain the tempest pour down peace upon us give us the harbor of salvation End of chapter 4